the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening. I'm Kyle Welch, welcoming you to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. It is our mission to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. It's why we are here every night, Monday through Friday on KKLA, to reach this city for Jesus Christ. We are glad you are joining us tonight. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church right here in Los Angeles, and we join him right now as he brings us tonight's message from the Word of God. Someone divided the book of Ephesians into three sections. One is our wealth, uh, that is the riches that are ours because of Christ. Then the ways, the ways that God has called us to live because we're in Christ. But the third area is our warfare. And as far as warfare is concerned, this is the fourth message as we've been looking at the truth that we are actually engaged in a spiritual warfare as Christians. These are some of the most important verses in the entire New Testament. Let's look at verse 11 and 12 just to kind of catch us up. The Bible says to put on the full armor, not half, but the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, plural. The devil's always out to get us. Verse 12, for our struggle, our battle, is not against flesh and blood, but against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Folks, we need to remember who the enemy is. Not the people who drive us crazy, not the people who seemingly sin all the time and have no regrets of any kind, at least it appears, not the people who have a different political view than you, not the relative that you believe has it out for you. Our enemy is the one who has those people in his grasp. We are in a spiritual battle. We've looked at that these last few weeks. We have an enemy. He's a decided fact. He is a destructive force, and we know that he is a defeated foe. And all God's people said, amen. We know that ultimately in Christ, victory is assured. All right, we're going to look at this equipment starting with verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In your notes, you can see the defensive weapons. 
We've already talked about the belt of truth. That belt goes around your core. That's our integrity. Truth should be the center of who we are. We wear the breastplate of righteousness. That's our purity. There shouldn't be any cracks in the armor. That thing that protects your heart, your heart should be pure. Your shoes should be fitted with the gospel of peace. That's our tranquility. That's where we stand knowing that no matter what happens, that God is with us and we really are at peace in our situation. And number four was the shield of faith. That shield is what covers our entire body, our faith. That's our assurance, our certainty. There comes a time where you say these words, God, I don't know why this is all happening to me. I, I can't understand it, but I continue to just put my faith and my trust in you. And then we looked at the helmet of salvation, which is our Jesus. No soldier would go to battle if he didn't have his helmet. And you and I cannot defeat the enemy if we're not saved. And I just ask and pray that if you're here on any campus and you're not saved, that you would consider giving your life to Jesus Christ today. And all God's people said, amen. Now don't forget that Paul is chained to a Roman soldier. He knows what all these weapons look like. But there's one more piece of equipment. Uh, We've looked at the defensive weapon. There's one offensive weapon in this text. We read it. We mentioned it there in verse 17. The offensive weapon, write this down, is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's very interesting to note that in this text, when he describes all the equipment of a Roman soldier, there's one piece of equipment that he does not mention that every Roman soldier had, and that is a spear. The only offensive weapon that he uh, discusses is a sword, which is the Word of God. And the reason for that, and you need to understand this, is that in our struggle, in our battle with the evil one, it is hand-to-hand combat. It's not something, we don't fight the devil from a distance. When you put on this, these defensive weapons, the truth and the breastplate, the shoes, the shield, the helmet of salvation, we put all that on to take, because we're taking on, uh, I want to say taking on water, but we're taking on arrows is what we're taking. We're taking these fiery arrows that come from the evil one. And we, we talked about this, that the devil throws at you, he'll throw at you the arrow of doubt, the arrow of fear, the arrow of sickness, the arrow of unemployment, the arrow of discouragement, the arrow of worthlessness, the arrow of loneliness. He'll throw at you the arrow of financial ruin. He'll throw the arrow of temptation. And we we have all this defensive equipment. We use that to protect ourselves so that he cannot harm us. But we only have one weapon that we fight back against the devil. And that one weapon is the sword. It's the word of God. And I want you to know that the spiritual battle that we're talking about in Ephesians chapter 6 that every one of us are involved. Not something you do from a distance. Day by day, moment by moment, we are being attacked. We are struggling. The devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And individually, individually, we need to be engaged. We need to be equipped. We need to be victorious. And what is the one weapon that we have at our disposal to use? It's the Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, 
I want you to look at these words. For the word of God is living and active. It is sharper, the Bible says, than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit and joints and moral, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the what? Of the heart. This book is a powerful, powerful weapon, and it's the weapon that we have at our disposal to fight off and defend off when Satan attacks us, this is how we're going to have victory. You know, when you come to church, a lot of times I will say, how many of you have your Bibles? Raise it up. I do that from time to time. I'm not doing that to see if you are ready to listen to the sermon. The reason I ask you to hold your Bibles up is to see whether or not you're ready for warfare, to see whether or not you're vulnerable, to see whether or not you have your armor, to see whether or not you are engaged. And don't you see when I say, how many of you have your Bibles and you raise yours up? Oh, there's someone who's ready, who's, who's engaged. There's somebody who's involved. You see, we don't study the Bible just for the sake of studying the Bible. We study the Bible so that we know how to use it when we're engaged in battle. Some people spend all their time just defending the Bible, just defending it. And, and I just want you to know, I'm all for defending the Word of God, but the Word of God doesn't need to be defended. It stands on its own. God didn't give us the Word to defend the Word. He gave us the Word to use the Word. That's what a sword is for. The sword is to be used. Now, in the Greek, there's a couple of different words to describe the Word of God. They both in English, are translated word of God. One is logos and one is rhema. But those are two different Greek words. Logos, write this down, it means the entire word of God. So whenever in the Greek you hear see the word logos, he's talking about the word of God as a whole. But the word rhema is a specific word in the Greek. It means a specific word from God. It is a particular statement from God. So guess which of these two Greek words in this text, when he says, uh, use the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, guess whether or not it's logos, which is just the general word of God, or rhema, the specific word of God. In the Greek, it's the specific word of God. The point being is this. When you get involved in a battle, in a struggle, in a combat... You need to hear, you need to have a specific word of God. And I will tell you that if you, if you know the word of God, and ever you feel you're being attacked by Satan, uh, you will hear and have a specific word to fight back what it is the devil's trying to get you to do. For example, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. That's a long time to fast. Some of us, we, we, can't, we can't fast for 40 minutes. After 40 minutes, we, we want to eat. Jesus had fasted for 40 days. And the Bible says, and many of you are familiar with this text in Matthew 4, that three times the devil came to tempt Jesus. The devil himself tempted Jesus, the Son of God. And in all three temptations and sometime this afternoon or later on this week 
read Matthew chapter 4, every time he was tempted, Jesus had a specific word for Satan. The first time he said, it is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The second temptation, he said, he quotes Deuteronomy 6 verse 16. He says, do not put the Lord your God to a test. And the third time he was tempted, Jesus again had a specific word for the devil. He said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Every time he was tempted by Satan, Jesus had a rhema. He had a a specific word that God had given him to share and to speak to the devil. And at the end of those three temptations and those three moments where Jesus had a specific word, the Bible says that the devil fled, that he left, that he ran. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, the same thing can happen to you, can happen to me. Whenever you're feeling that you're under attack, and if you know the Word of God, you can quote a verse of Scripture, and I believe that the devil will flee just as he fled the Lord Jesus Christ that day in Matthew chapter 4. And that's why you and I need to read this book. We need to learn this book. We need to memorize this book. It's why you need to be involved in a life group and go to church and have a quiet time. You need to read it in the morning. You need to read it at lunchtime. You need to read it at night. You need to know the Word of God. And the next time Satan tries to throw an arrow at you, maybe the arrow of fear, one of the over 300 verses that say in the Word of God, it says, fear not, one of those 300 plus verses will come to your mind. And you can just quote that right back at the devil. And when the devil leads you into temptation, he throws that fiery dart of temptation you can read God's Word and, and follow God's steps to overcoming temptation. And when He throws a fiery dart at you called discouragement, I promise you, I guarantee you, the next time you're discouraged, open up the Word of God, study the Word of God, and you will be encouraged. The next time He throws the arrow of doubt towards you, you read the Word of God and you will find assurance. You will find a hope. The next time he throws lies or hatred or bitterness towards you in the Word of God, you will find hope. You will find love. You will find forgiveness. And the next time you feel like you're unworthy, read the Word of God, and you will discover that you are a child, the sons and the daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now let's go on in our notes. If you turn your outline over, we have an enemy. We have extraordinary equipment. But number three, we are empowered by God himself. We are empowered by God himself. And I want to read these verses to you, verse 18, 19, and 20. You can follow along in your Bible or on the screen, but I want to read this to you. It says and pray. Everybody say pray. Pray. Say it one more time. Perfect. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and all, uh, there's a lot of all in here, and always keep on praying for all the what? All the saints. And then he says in verse 19, pray also for me, 
that whenever I open my mouth, that words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that uh, I may declare it fearlessly or boldly as I should. I see two major thoughts in these last few verses. The first is the source of all of our power comes to us through prayer. So I want you to write down the word prayer. He says to pray, and you have it in your outline, to pray on all occasions. That means to pray continually. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. The Bible says here in this text to pray all kinds of prayers. There should be a chorus, uh, not a solo. There should be a chorus of prayers. There should be a collection of prayers. What that means is you should pray on all kinds of prayers, like prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of supplication, prayers of gratitude, uh, prayers of request. You should pray uh, for your children. You should pray before you go to work. You should pray for your food. You you should be looking for ways and opportunities and moments to pray. It says to pray on all occasions, pray all kinds of prayers, and then he says to pray for all the saints. I call that a covering. You should constantly be praying for other Christians and all, all believers. You should be praying for your pastor. You should be praying for your life group. You should be praying for your children. You should be praying for the members of this church. You should be praying for the people who go to the other campuses You should be praying for all the people who are listening this very moment. You see, prayer is the connection between us and God. It's the the power line between us and God. You know, anytime there's a war or a battle, the very first thing in a battle that you attack is you, you try to knock out all the bridges and you try to knock out all the communication towers. You want to cut off the ability to have supplies to the enemy and you also want to cut off their ability to communicate to their soldiers. And so when Satan attacks us, he's trying to cut off our communication lines between us and God. And that's why when we're in war, spiritual war, battling, spiritual battle, we need to be in constant contact with our headquarters. Prayer is the source of our supplies. When we pray, we are connected to God. God's spirit begins to work. God's spirit begins to move. Sometimes you've got to call in because you're praying. You call in an airstrike, uh, what I call an airstrike. Sometimes you need to pray for more ammunition. You need to pray for wisdom. God will give you wisdom. Sometimes you're praying for backup. I need backup. Sometimes I need some supplies. Lord, I, I need some resources. Lord, I, I need strength or I need reinforcement or I need help or I need a new strategy. Maybe you need a medic, and you say, Lord, I need help. I I need comfort. Maybe you come to a fork in a road. You don't know whether or not you should go to the right or to the left. And so you you get in contact with the headquarters. You say, Lord, which way should I go? Sometimes you need protection. Sometimes, Sometimes you need to see the seas parted before you so you can walk across on dry ground. Sometimes you need to have a mountain, and you see this mountain, and you need the mountain moved. And so you call headquarters, and you say, God, I need this mountain to be moved. Let me tell you that prayer, prayer is that missing ingredient. So many of us, we don't see God at work in our lives because we're not in this constant contact with God. But I'm telling you through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, through the power of God, when we pray, God begins to move. And all God's people said, 
Amen and amen. And the second major thought, the last thought I have as we prepare to close, we need to sow seeds of the gospel. We need to sow seeds of the gospel. That's, that's witnessing. You see all of this armor, when you put all this in context, this spiritual warfare, this battling, fighting the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, it all comes down to these last few verses. Pray for me, he says, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I should. You see, there is a, a battle that's being fought this very moment. And this battle is fought in the hearts and the minds and the souls of men and women. And I want you to see your school, your school. I want you to think about your neighborhood, the street that you live. I want you to think about the team that you're a part of. I want you to think about the city in which you live. I want you to think about that place where you work. God has you there for a reason. I want you to see your classmates, see your neighbors, see your fellow citizens, and see your coworkers. And so what we do is we begin to pray. And we begin to pray for our neighborhoods. We begin to pray for our coworkers. We begin to pray for our classmates, for our teammates. We begin to pray for this city. And we ask God, and God's Spirit begins to move. And then we begin to sow seeds of the gospel, praying and believing that they too will be saved. That's what this spiritual battle is all about. I say all that just to say this, that we each are engaged in a spiritual battle. We need to put on all that armor, the shoes, the belt of truth, the breastplate, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and then we need to know the Word of God. And as we teach and direct and fight and use God's Word, God's will begin to change the heart and lives of people all over this city and all over this world. God, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for this message. I want to thank you for this series. And Lord, all over this room, I pray, and on every campus, and anyone listening on the internet, the radio, television, whoever can hear my voice, I pray that the Spirit of God would begin to move and to work. God, may we always be connected to you through the Holy Spirit of God, through prayer. And may you enable us to speak boldly and clearly and plainly the Word of God so that we might see men and women come to put their faith and trust in you, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. We know that many are living in fear with the current events that are happening in our world. But God's Word is here to comfort us in these days of uncertainty. In John 14, 27, Jesus told His disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. If you are in need of prayer tonight, we have operators standing by and ready for your call. We are here for you and ready to support you with any prayer needs you may have. Call us right now at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. 
That number again is 888-818-4777. Please know that we are here for you. We have some exciting news for all our listeners. If our nightly broadcasts have been a blessing to you, you'll be happy to know that a special one-hour edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley will be presented this coming Sunday, May 3rd, at 6 p.m. here on KKLA. Join us for a full hour of live music from our Shepherd Worship Team, plus a timely and inspirational message from Pastor Dudley Rutherford. Be sure to tell all your friends and family to join us this coming Sunday, May 3rd, at 6 p.m. for a special one-hour edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley, right here on KKLA. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There's a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us every weeknight at the same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.